This is Talking Asset Management with KPMG. In today's episode, we're talking about how the YA Global case may impact credit funds. Hello, and thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. Today, we are starting our series on credit funds, and we're going to talk about the YA Global case and the potential impact to credit funds and the structuring. I'm joined today by Sam Riesenberg. Sam, welcome. Hey, Scott. To get started, um, why don't you help us uh, level set on what this case is about and why funds and their investors may care? So this case is dealing with the the so-called trading safe harbor, which is which is something that tells us that if you're a non-U.S. person and you're investing into U.S. assets or through a U.S. agent, then you are not subject to uh, net taxation in the United States. If you stick to doing certain things, which is effectively trading in stocks and securities and associated derivatives. And so if you're within that, it's great. You don't have uh, U.S. tax returns. You don't have to 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 pay U.S. income taxes. You're you're simply left with with taxes on things like dividends and interest on a withholding basis. If you're within if you're outside of it, however, you have all of those negative things, including full taxation and the need potentially to file a U.S. tax return. So it's a really important issue. And loan origination is always something that we don't know whether it's in or out. And this case is going in part to that issue. Great. Thanks for that. And why did, why did the IRS choose this case and what are they looking for? You know, the the short answer is I have no idea why this particular case. I'm not sure a whole lot of people do outside the government. But what I can tell you is that this has some pretty unusual facts associated with it. For example, one thing that the, the IRS has, has really put forward in their arguments around the case is that this fund was marketing – to uh, to to the public to some degree, uh, right? They had on their website that they were uh, that that they were were saying, "Hey, why don't we? Uh, why don't you come and call us if you're interested in these types of activities?" That's something you don't see funds that are trying to take the position that they're not engaged in a taxable business in the United States do very often. Certainly, not something that that I, I would normally expect to see in a fund. So, so the you know the IRS obviously made a big deal out of that fact, but also there are a lot of different activities going on here that were are very much questionable on the on the outer boundaries of what we we think is within the trading safe harbor uh, that that credit funds would would oftentimes rely on. So, so what are some of those specific facts that we that uh, may cause concerns? So, the, this fund did public marketing of positions um it it really uh held the 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 uh the positions for a short period of time a lot of these positions were in in things like equity standby letters of credit similar derivatives loans syndicating securities underwriting type activities uh, I, I don't mean that in a charge sense a, a big point in the in the case is whether or not uh, there, there is underwriting in, in a dealer-like sense or, or not, but the, the the case really is is one that's trying to decide all of these various activities, are they things that you can do or have your agents do in the U.S. Uh, and and be taxable or not? And really, a lot of the, in, in, in almost all of the cases, the, these are issues of first impression. 
Yeah, no, it sounds like the, there's, you know, pr pretty broad fact pattern here. You know, wh why are some people, why is it not getting more press, you know, than it is? Well, we don't have a decided case yet. And and so so obviously the the there's no precedential value to to talk about one side or the other. But also many people that have looked at, at this case have said, well, it's very distinguishable distinguishable from facts that I would know and, and maybe that I advise on if you're an advisor or if if you're a fund, you can differentiate very easily. And 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 that's because of things like what I just mentioned th that they you know that they had a, a website up that they were marketing on that they were focused in this in this segment of the of the market on on these you know standby letters of credit and negotiating that that's not something every fund does certainly not something that we see our credit fund clients often doing so there's a lot of ways one can differentiate themselves from the basic facts of this case but what I'm more interested in what I think is more interesting is all of the the different things that this particular case touches on that are issues that are that are interesting to credit funds like for example you know they touch on the the issue of of agency they touch on the issue of the trading safe harbor they touch on the issue of lending as a trader business right there's a lot of different pieces in here that are going to be very interesting to what i would say is every credit fund so really, this is, um, you know, there's not a lot of other guidance out there, right? So the decision that comes down will, should be pretty far reaching. I think that's right. Look, not only is there not a lot of guidance, there is effectively no guidance, right? <laughs> so we, we don't have the very basics, right? We don't know that we know that the IRS, at least in their pronouncements and our, our, our conversations with them, we know that they believe that the origination of a loan is something that's taxable in the United States. But there is actually no no precedential guidance that that tells us that to any any large degree within the the trading safe harbor, right? We just don't know that. So uh, as as a certainty. And so that's just a very basic question. Most people assume most practitioners that work in this area assume that that's the the the, the answer and where a, a court would would fall on that, but that is actually at issue in this particular case. Um, so so we, we have a lot of very fundamental issues that that are that are happening here that we just don't know how to to we, we don't know how they're going to come out, but they're going to to impact, a, 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 you know, a wide variety of taxpayers. Sure. Is the uh, is the IRS saying anything about this case? Well, the, the IRS is is certainly. Uh, you know, taking the position that because they're in, in litigation, they're not going to comment on the merits of the case. But but certainly the IRS did, uh, you know, uh, submit briefs and and make arguments at trial. We, we are we are able to to glean at least their their litigating position from that material, which which has informed you know certainly my view on on why I think that the case is so interesting and the issues at hand. Okay, great. Um, well, this has been extremely helpful. Um, any, any last um, thoughts on, on the case before we wrap up for today? Well, I, I think if, if, you, if you want the takeaways from the, the case, I think regardless of how it's going to be decided, remember this is the first trading safe harbor case that, that we've had really since ever. I, I mean, certainly in its, in its modern iteration. And so the, the issues before the court is set out in the briefs that are of, of first impression are so wide ranging that you 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 think that it's probably going to impact uh, any one of a number of investors throughout the credit fund spectrum 
And those issues are, you know, questions around the extent of the agency relationship between a fund and its manager, whether lending is within the trading safe harbor, right, as, as we mentioned, what what's the scope of, of the dealer exception in, in, under the trading safe harbor? How far can that be taken in the funds context is a, is a big issue that, that's being litigated. You know, it, the, the IRS has taken the position, for example, that we look to Section 166 um, for determining whether or not you're in a trader business of loans for purposes of the trading safe harbor. A lot of people think that that's probably the right way to look at this, but is it? That's before the judge right now. Um, we we have the the question of what is a customer relationship. A lot of people are relying on on the the concept of customer relationship in determining their analysis of loan origination in the trading safe harbor. We don't have uh, an answer of what really is a customer relationship for for eight sixty four b the trading safe harbor purposes. Uh, you know, if you're, for example, in a in a mezzanine fund, right, and you're doing a mez debt type type trades, that the the it you should know that in this case the taxpayer is relying on a lot of the precedent that's being used in the in the mez debt space, Whipple and its progeny, to to take the position that they're not in a trader business because they had an equity relationship, even though it might be very small, with the borrowers, and and you have to say as a, as a mez debt fund do. Do I really want this case being the one that might, you know, decide how how far that one can can go, and and how maybe I can differentiate myself, you know, from facts, and and how broad will the ruling be that'll impact me? And then finally, I would say one big part of the market that has to be looking at this is distressed debt funds um, and the strategies that that are being undertaken around uh, distressed. And a lot of the time, people take the positions in the distressed debt space, saying, well, how much activity is is too much and how much is going to be protected by the trading safe harbor and that's a a really wide issue we we don't have great answers to i think you're going to have to point to this case in the absence of anything else to say potentially how much is too much or how much is 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 going to be okay yeah you kind of raise the question you know sometimes they say that um, you know bad facts be, lead to, to to bad case law um, do we do we think that's the case here, or, or it sounds like um, we'll, we'll wait and see? <laughs> I I I probably want to reserve on that because you know that the, there are people that really believe you know on the taxpayer side that 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 these are good facts um, that that that'll win and, and maybe maybe it does prevail, um, but uh, but but certainly this is is you know the, there'll be a lot of people that can take the position that that they they maybe are operating in a different way. Uh, but um, this is, you know, certainly um, this is certainly going to be the case that's going to have the presidential value, regardless of how it comes out, taxpayer friendly or, or, or otherwise. Well, great. Thanks so much, Sam. This has been extremely helpful. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening today. Uh, we want to hear from you. If you have questions on this topic or anything else, please reach out to us and uh, we'll be happy or any of your KPMG colleagues. And we'll be happy to, uh, to get back with you soon. Thanks again, Sam. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit read.kpmg.us forward slash talking dash asset dash management for more information.